Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in today to the Creation Innovation. I am really excited today to talk to Jennifer Dumphy. Uh, welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. So you can't, you have a new book that's come out. Actually, I don't know how new it is. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about that book? Sure. So the book is called Don't Tell Me What to Do. And it's really a book about empowerment and owning who you are at your core and making sure that nothing is going to get in the way of you achieving your dreams. The first part of the book sets you up with these exercises so that you can really clarify and gain clarity on what you want in your life. And then the second part of the book goes into tips and tricks and strategies on how to achieve it. So I clicked on it before our interview right now on Amazon and read literally like the first paragraph. I'm, oh my God, I have to buy this book. For anybody who's listening, who is kind of going down a road of really anything, but I feel like maybe self-discovery or changing jobs. And a lot of times we talk about that here on the podcast of like, what is it that you want to create? Is it a new business? Is it a book? Is it a family? Whatever that may be. And this book seems to kind of align with all of those things. How, like, what was the inspiration of writing this book? And how did you come up with this name? I love it. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I, th I think that the name came from me really wanting to sort of have a response to feeling like society is always trying to push me in one direction or another and wants to mold me into something very specific. I've had a lot of different forces in my life say, no, you can't do that, or you should do that, or you have to be that. And I'm none of those things. Okay. Um, I'm, we all are none of those things, right? We're just such unique individuals. And so don't tell me what to do is sort of like a battle cry. And have you recognized that along the way, like as it was happening of like, oh my gosh, somebody's telling me what to do again. Or is it in hindsight of like, wow, throughout these times, I've recognized that people are kind of trying to carve the path for me. Like, how does that work? It's usually, and I have a whole chapter in my book devoted to this. It's usually very subtle. So there's these micro influences that never feels well, it can in some instances, but it usually never feels like a big forceful wave of someone pushing you towards one direction. They can in certain circumstances, but usually they're micro influences, little things. Um, a friend makes a comment that just has a hint of disapproval or a parent or someone you care about their opinion. And so you, you go a little bit left when you really would have gone a little bit right had you not felt that way. Mm -hmm. And your whole life, you're kind of getting nudged along. And the next thing you know, you're off of your true path. And so, um, I would say it's very hard to recognize it in the moment, but if you develop a very strong sense of self, with the which the whole first half of the book helps you do through these guided exercises, then it's much easier to ground yourself and stand your course as you're being sort of pushed around. Which makes so much sense. I feel like there's so many times in our life when we were faced with big decisions, whether that's moving or having a family or getting married, whatever it may be. And like you said, it's the subtle influences of people that 
And especially I feel like certain people, right? You'd kind of know, okay, I'm going to expect an opinion from this person or that person or whatever it may be. And how sometimes we show up differently, I feel like even with that expectation of knowing what's going to come from them, right? And yes. I feel like we start to lose our own intuition and our own I don't know if self-righteousness, because I don't mean that in a bad way, but just self-empowerment, I guess, of who we really are. And we, we tend to get lost in that. And I know that that's been the case for me, but also along the way, people, I know my family and friends would say their opinion, I think of me is I would never let anyone tell me what to do. But on the inside, I'm always looking for people's approval to some degree, right? You always right. want to make sure that your your parents are wanting you to do the right thing or whatever it may be. So can you walk us through some of those things in the book of the tips of how to get people to go that direction of, you know, following their, what they really truly yeah. want to do? Um, I, it really, it starts again with, with the word that I, I devote an entire section of the book to is clarity and knowing what you want, because a lot of times we are influenced by the people in our life because we don't have a really strong grasp on what we want. And um, the book walks you through these activities that sort of bring to life in a 3D form, the type of person you want to be. Um, and once you sort of develop the type of person you want to be, then it comes from there. What are the passions that that person has? What activities, what behaviors, what habits? And you sort of develop this like real life model. And then you ground yourself in, okay, and and what are the values that are so important to this, this person that I want to be? And then from there, once you have that grounding, once you have that strong foundation and you're locked in, then when someone says something that puts you off your foundation or that doesn't feel instinctually right to you, you're able to confidently say, Oh, that's a great idea. Like I respect your opinion, but I also know what's best for me. And the most important approval to seek is the approval from self. Right. And I feel like a lot of times people sometimes don't know, they don't even have that clarity of, to even start. Mm -hmm. So do you find that that is an issue for people most of the time, some of the time of just like, I don't even know who I am or what I want to do or where to even begin? Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of things that happen in our life that sort of eliminate the possibilities of who we once thought we were um, or the potential that we could reach and start taking away and paring down like, okay, I'm not going to be a CEO executive. I'm not even going to be a mid-level manager. I work at, you know, a restaurant and whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, sort of as you go through these stages in your life where you once thought you were, and then where you are, you see this, this big gap. And I think that for the people that, you know, are at where they are now and still want to get to that high potential point, it's never too late. It's not about resources. It's not about intellect. You, you know, it's not about, you don't have to have a fancy education. You don't have to have money. You can still achieve your dreams no matter where you're at. And your age, because I see that and a age, lot now. That's a huge one. Right? Yeah. Age, money, health, all of these things. They're, they're not impediments, but we start breaking ourselves down to think, oh, I'm always going to be doing what I'm doing now. Um, and there may not be anything wrong with what you're doing now at all. 
if that's your passion, if that's your dream. And I think we traditionally people come from, especially the American society that your parents or grandparents, they did one thing for 50 years, right? They right. never changed that. And now we live in a world where it actually is quite accepted and encouraged to be like, I do this. And I also am an expert in this and right. tell me more about that. And that is so okay. And I think just embracing that to know that that is okay at any point in your life to shift or pivot or whatever you want to call it to to find that new passion and a lot of people are not meant to be doing the same thing forever it doesn't it it actually like makes them i don't quiver away in a sense right yes absolutely for their soul um so i think embracing that and finding a guide like this book of don't tell me what to do is so helpful to give people that permission that they didn't know that they had or needed to actually say, oh my gosh, I, I can move in this direction. And I even can be guided in what that looks like, because I think they have that inner gut feeling of whatever it is that they're doing that's not quite right, but they don't know what is right, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of that starts in childhood um, where we're sort of conditioned to do one thing or another. And if we do one thing, it's right. And if we do another thing, it's wrong, right? Like there's a right and a wrong and so many things that we do as children. And so we're conditioned to start to believe that there's only one right path um, and the other paths are wrong. And if you don't find that right path, you're doing the wrong thing. And I think that as we evolve, not only as people as we age, but as society in general evolves and allows for more acceptance, as you just said, we can do different things now um, and embraces the individual, embraces that you have multiple talents. We give ourselves permission, as you just said, to explore different things and not have one thing be wrong and one thing be right. And the, the whole idea of deciding where to go in your life is a quiet space. It's not a space where you're asking other people's opinions. It's not a space where, you know, you need to run things by people. And of course you can do that, but it's a, it's a space internally where you're asking a question to yourself. Is this right? Does this feel right? Is the direction, is this the direction I want to go? And most importantly, is this me? Right. And I think again, feeling comfortable to say yes to that and setting the expectation. Cause I think that's the other thing we put such high expectations on ourselves or most of us do, right? If I don't, if I pivot to this and I, I don't make it in six months, you know, to a certain amount of money or a certain amount of clientele or whatever it is that your marker is that you feel like it was a wrong decision, right? And so making that a clearly defined expectation for yourself to know it's okay and give yourself that grace of it's something new and, you're exploring things at times and it, it doesn't happen overnight sometimes. I don't think I would have accomplished half of what I was able to accomplish in my life if I fell prey to the phrase, I can't do that, that's weird. I shouldn't do that, that's weird. Tell us more about that. What are some of those things? I'm a weird person. Like I, I like weird things. Um, I have very unique interests that don't make sense to a lot of people. And I touch on this in the book, you know, I like fashion, but I also like, um, biotechnology and I'm geek out a lot. And I read research studies for hours and hours and hours at night, which may or may not be healthy, but I also love trashy reality television. 
Um, and I can also do that for hours and hours and hours and people don't, and like everyone has their unique things, you know, like you could be a 13 year old that loves to knit sweaters, like, but we don't allow it because it doesn't make sense. Your weirdness doesn't make sense to people in society. Um, I'm considering going back to medical school. I'm 37 years old going on 38. And you know, the people in medical school are not that age. And, but why? Because it's weird. No, it's not weird. It's your own life. You only have one. You don't need to be on the path. So this is how I think of society. Like there's a path, it's pretty narrow. And most of the people walk that path. And then it gets a little wider and there's some people on the edges, things that are a little bit more unique, but no one wants to go outside that wide path where nobody's on, right? Like they they may not stay in the narrow path where like 90% of the people are on, but they'll kind of go over to the edges, but no one wants to go completely outside of it. Right. And I think that's crazy because there should be no path at all. You should just be guided by who you are if you, if you develop a strong instinct as to what that is. Absolutely. And I love that you say that because that being that example of the dichotomy of I like to geek out on data and reality TV or this and that gives, again, people the idea like maybe they weren't thinking that that's a possible thing for them. Totally. So even hearing that, they may be like, oh, okay, that's great. Like I have piles and piles of fertility medical journals with data and everything that I find fascinating and love to geek out on too. But I also believe in spirit babies and all the other side of things, right? They can live together. And I think the more that we talk about all these things, the more people can open up their spectrum of what's possible for themselves. And I love even the idea of you saying about potentially going to medical school at this age, because I was thinking that the other day recently about how many people stop themselves from doing things like that because Mm -hmm. of that exact thought. It's going to take too long. I'm too old. Um, You know, what am I going to do? Practice at a doctor at 50. It's like, you don't even have to practice. It's the journey. It's the, if you're, if you're enjoying every day of the journey, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter what the end goal is. You don't have to think about 20 years from now. Just think about what you want to do in the moment. I mean, my husband's like, um, you know, you can even do, he, he gave me the idea. You can even do two years and drop out and have two years of this. If you really enjoy it, do one what would year. you want to study? What, like what field exactly? Do you have something that you're. Yeah. I mean, I, I really have gained an interest in rheumatology, which is basically looking at the components of blood and looking at autoimmune disorders. That's something I'm, I'm pretty interested in. I don't like so much of the hands-on stuff. My husband's a surgeon and he does okay. a lot of the like technical bloody gut that's not me I'm a I'll look at like a radiology study or I'll look at it from afar I don't necessarily want to touch you um but I'm really interested in what's inside you but I don't need to touch it that's kind of also another really great point right there are so many aspects of doctors that don't just go to an office and work on somebody every day, right? There are people in labs, there's people that work for pharmaceutical companies, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the list goes on of what the opportunities are for doctors. So I feel like if that's in you, you should just jump in, let us know how it goes. Okay, I will. I'll um, let you know. (laughs) And you have little ones yourself? Yes. I have a two and a four-year-old and boys, and they are wild, wild. I have Lots three boys. Oh, you, oh gosh. Did a you go for the third one? Six year old. Oh, 
Yes. You go for the third one, trying for a girl? Not necessarily. I mean, I, of course I wanted a girl for sure, but I always just knew we had to have three. So it was kind of like we were having three hoping for a girl, but no, in fact, a friend of ours who had three boys is now pregnant with a fourth girl. So it is possible. <laughs> are you, are you still going? No, absolutely not. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to take that gamble. Yeah. I would love a girl too, but my two boys are the most challenging humans, I think, on planet Earth. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I can. Yeah, it's a lot. Stamina. <laughs> it's a lot for sure. So, speaking of little ones, tell us about this toxic handbook for families that you came out with. Yes. So this is this was a passion of mine. Um, and I started studying this information when I became pregnant because I realized I had this gut feeling for a long time. And I'm like, I don't really know what's toxic and not like I just grab a cleaner to spray my counters with. And I'm like, and I'm, and it's kind of like, you know, when you spray the spray kind of comes up and I'm pregnant and I'm like breathing and I'm like, this can't be good. Probably not a good idea. Yeah. But like, you know, no one tells you these things. The doctors right. are going to be like, don't clean your counters. Right. Um, and so I started thinking about all of the things in my environment that no one's telling me could be dangerous for me during pregnancy or for my babies. And so I started studying. And once I start studying something, I go deeper and deeper and deeper. And the next thing you know, I was, I mean, I had like 500 studies that I had looked through and the things that I were finding, the things that I found were, it, it was so shocking that I could not believe there were things still on the shelf. Really? And not just for pregnant women, but especially for pregnant women, because these chemicals really do affect the development of the fetus. Um, and they affect young children exponentially more than adults because of the low body weight. Right. And so I took a course, an environmental toxins course. I kept learning. I kept researching. I kept studying. And then there was so much information that I wanted to break it down in a really simple way, because I think that the one of the main reasons we don't get start looking at what's toxic and what's not is it's just so overwhelming. There's so right. much information. So I broke it down into four categories. The first is what we breathe. So the air in your house, the air outside, super important, probably represents about 70% of the toxins that get into our body. So if you can clean up your air and it's super simple to do, buy a high quality air filter in your most used rooms and in your nurseries. Done. Like that eliminates vacuum once a week. Like how simple is that? And I don't think we understand that by doing that, especially for our children early in life, we are limiting potential disease progression by a very, very, very large percentage, like a statistically significant percentage. Amazing. Um, but and nobody so knows easy. it. And why isn't your why isn't your pediatrician telling you that? Why isn't right. your government telling you that? Why isn't your, you know, your local public health organizations telling you that? Why aren't there nonprofits telling you that? Like, why aren't we shouting this from the rooftop? And that kept happening again and again. So the first was what we breathe. The second was um, like what, what we drink. So our water, the quality of our water, because we're drinking a lot of water every day and we need to make sure that what's in our water is safe. Um, the third, and that's under what we consume. So the things that we put into our body in terms of food, pesticides, how we can clean our vegetables more effectively, even if they're organic, where do most of our toxins reside in? A lot of times we think about pesticides with fruits and vegetables, but most of our pesticides actually reside in fats. 
Um, and that's because of the chemical nature of pesticides and the chemical nature of fats and why they're attracted to it. So if you're going to spend money on anything that's clean and organic, you definitely want to research the farms, research how they raise their animals, and purchase very, very high quality milk, butter, and eggs, um, because that's how most of your toxins are consumed. And these are toxins that stay in your body for thirty up to 30 years to a lifetime. So wow. these are things you really, really need to know. Um, and then I transitioned to products, the things we put on our face every day as women, uh, lipstick, we ingest it. You would be very surprised on how much we actually swallow of that. So if you're going to have a, a non-toxic product, start with your lipstick. And just all of the creams and the serums and how that affects us, our shampoos, and how actually easy it is to figure out what chemicals are harmful and then buy products without them. They absolutely exist. And yeah, it's a little trial and error, for instance, like deodorants, <laughs> the ones the with the little one that's, that you go through a million just to find one that actually works. So um, I walk you through all of these different categories and there's much more information than I put in my book, but it's really like the top things. And if you hit these things, you can eliminate such a preponderance of, of toxins that come into your body on a daily basis. And not just you, but your children and actually your pets too. Um, pets are very affected. They're low to the ground. So they breathe in a lot of the toxic chemicals that are off gases of your furniture and your carpet and your air, and they have lower body weight. So if you care about your pets and your kids and yourself, um, it's really important information not to shy away from. Yeah, it's something that I talk about all the time with fertility as well, because right. it is one of the things that we go through when we talk about, you know, we're changing your supplementation, your diet, exercise, all those things, and what's in your home, right? It's we want to just eliminate all of that so we can check the boxes and say, okay, we've done all of that. And then what is next? So this seems like an amazing, easy handbook to go to if you don't want to do all the research for yourself because right. it's already done. Thank Sorry. you, Jennifer. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, and I appreciate just the passion that you have behind it because I feel the same way about so many of these things of why are we not told these things? Why isn't it Awful. out there? Like there's, I'm not one to be a conspiracy theorist at all, but at the same time, things that are so harmful and so easy, easily to shift our society in should be spoken about more regularly. In my yeah, opinion. And, it, and it's, and it's really amazing to see the number of organizations that all agree that these chemicals that we are grabbing off our shelves in our food, shower curtains, kids toys. There are so many international agencies, World Health Organization, international cancer agencies, um, the different cancer agencies for other countries, especially in Europe and in Canada, all agree that these are absolute carcinogens. They're not doubting it. They're like, these are carcinogens. Yet you can go and buy a kid's toy with these products in it um, yeah. or these chemicals in it. And you're using it on a daily basis. So when you're in America, it's or when you're in North America in the United States, it's really a scary place to be. And you have to advocate for yourself because the lobbyists that are preventing these from, things from going into law are really, really strong. Now, California is a huge, huge leader in this. If you go to our local Gelson's right now, you'll see these new signs they put up on all of the wheat thins and all of the crackers saying that there's acrylamide in it and oh. it cancer now, which I've been talking about for wow. two years. 
Awesome. Processed bread products. Yeah. So they're really, and now they're removing new homes are not allowed to have gas stoves. So they're catching up in California, like with all the prop 65 um, warnings, but we're still so, so far from where we need to be. So if you want to do your research, read the book. (laughs) Yes. I I was just going to say in regards to the research, oftentimes it's hard to find the information because I hate to say it, but they hide it right? It's oh, yeah. not so, openly because there's a reason they don't want us to know about it. You know, there's something behind the fact that they're making so much money on these things and they're easy to produce and whatnot that often when you talk about carcinogens specifically, it brought up a story that I was thinking of that you really, it literally is hidden. You cannot find any information about the specific area that I was, somebody we were talking about recently And that's what's so scary too, is you're trying to do this and it does take so much time to dig into the truth of what's happening and where it is. And at a surface level, you can pretty much find, you know, the information of it's not healthy for you and whatnot, but to really get into the details. The statistical analysis of the studies, how high, how, how are they peer reviewed? Um, what journals were they published in? What does the statistical evidence show? The only reason I was able to do that is because I'm a doctor of public health. So when I was writing this book, I was still associated with the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, where I got my doctorate. That allows me to get on PubMed through the university system and pull the full text articles. If you are not affiliated with an academic university, you can't pull the full studies, which means you can't get the statistical information unless you know someone else affiliated with an academical medical center, an academic medical center. Absolutely. My point. So thank you for sharing that. And again, here it is called the toxins handbook by Jennifer Dumphy. And that's also on Amazon. So if you're on your fertility journey or mm-hmm. just wanting to increase the, the ability of your home and your health families to be more healthy, take a look at that and see what the small changes that you can change. The small changes make a big, big difference. And I'll tell you what I've been doing is I've been doing toxin consults where I actually, I I don't, I haven't been doing them lately because I've been busy with my other book, but basically a virtual tour through people's house. Amazing. And they show me all of the rooms and I say, okay, this, that, remove that, change that. And I tell them what products to update. That's amazing. Again, especially for the, for the world of fertility that I'm in. It's such a huge, you know, people are desperate to find out what yes. are the things that are causing their, their lack of being able to have a baby. And I think we underestimate often the power of the toxins that are in our home because we're so used to just seeing the same old thing since we were kids, you know? I mean, I'll look under their sink and I'll see Teflon pans and I'm like, okay, yeah, right there. It's, it's the simple things. Right. Right. Well, how can people find you? So you can go to my website, which is drjendunphy.com. That's D-R-J-E-N-D-U-N-P-H-Y.com. And you can email me through there or contact me. You can also find me on Instagram where I'm pretty active at Dr. Jen Dunphy. And I post a lot of free information about toxins in my highlights. You know, Instagram has those highlights. Um, there's a lot of specialty categories, especially for women who are trying to get pregnant. That's really what this book was um, targeted towards and young families. Amazing. Well, thank you for your time today. And we can't wait to see the rest of your journey and get all the information that you're doing the hard work for us and sharing it with the public information. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. 
Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.